0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff.
1: My guest is Tony Riley, author and Australia's foremost internationally recognized past life and reincarnation specialist. Tony is trained with renowned psychiatrist Dr. Brian Weiss and at the Arthur Finley College in the United Kingdom. Today we'll talk about our new book, Awake, The Purpose of Life and Why You Are Here. Tony, thank you for joining me and welcome.
0: Thank you, Jeff. A pleasure to be on here with you.
1: Tony, how did you get into past lives and reincarnation in the first place?
0: Nearly 20 years ago now, I read Brian Weiss's book many lives, many masters. And all of the all of this was entirely new to me. In fact, past lives were the first, it was the first time I ever encountered them. But I had started meditating not long before. And uh my meditation teacher said, read this book. So I found that book. It took me ages to find it actually, but I found it and read it almost in one sitting. And I remember reading it thinking, oh, well that's what I'm going to do. So my life as an everyday mom in mainstream took off in that direction. And uh, yes, I learned past life therapy or past life regression with my meditation teacher, as it turned out. And, And then, of course, I went on to train with Dr. Brian Weiss as well.
1: That's amazing that not only have you read his book, but you got to train with him.
0: Jeff, I was so lucky in that I got to train with him. At, he trains in New York at Omega uh, Campus, and uh, I got to go on stage and be regressed by him, mm. which was exciting also, especially back then because it was all new to me. And um, so that was a an exciting thing. And also maybe a couple of years after that, he came to Australia for the first time, and I was able to go on tour with him to our capital cities, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne it was, and then when he came back again, I got to go on TV with him. Wow. So I had a bit of interaction. Very blessed. <laughs>
1: what are some of the most fascinating things that you have discovered personally being regressed?
0: Actually, the reason that I got so fascinated with it is because when I first was regressed, it cured things for me. I didn't even realize they were big problems, but they were things like speaking in front of people. Um, And I used to cover my writing. I went through school like that. I didn't really realise that it was an issue, but of course it is. And so in that, in my first regression, I asked to address those things. One of the other things is I was very intuitive, apparently, and I thought, why am I in my middle 30s and I don't know this? So I asked about that as well. So in my in that particular regression, I saw just being a young woman in very young teenager, late teens in Scotland, it was. And uh people would come to the house and we put our hands together. And I also knew how to make poultices, I guess you would call them. And I could see that I was to be hung, it was it was witchy times and they would. Um, hang you in the middle of town on a platform so I had seen that that was to happen to me but what's really interesting is somebody I didn't see them in that first regression but somebody let me off that platform and I know ran and got off the platform and ran out of town and later I met the person who let me off the platform Makes me a bit emotional, actually. So um, I've been able to do a big verification on this particular past life. It's very exciting.
1: So yeah. I guess that suggests that you decided in this life that you wanted to keep your mouth shut because you don't want to have that happen again.
0: There was a different life about that, but yes. Or maybe not Not use your intuition or your little energy healing powers, mm. which I think it's all intertwined. Right. But yes, yes. So um, and I guess what happened for me is at the start of my journey towards being a therapist and a a healer type person is it all was cleared before everything took off for me. And uh, of course, that was in the past life realm.
1: Was that one session that you did with him enough to fix those problems?
0: Yes. So in that very first session, I went to that life as that girl in Scotland in the late 1700s. And the second one, I saw myself as a man. And it was in Australia, actually, but New Holland, it was called. So a very long time ago. And um, I used to write in the most beautiful book and Uh, I must have wrote predictions but not spoke of them. And uh, I tried to tell the people that something was going to happen. And, do you know, it was so simple as a storm was coming and we would need to prepare the little town. And the people, the people t- turned on me. How how could you possibly know that? And they saw my book and the things that I'd written, pre- predictive things, and then they locked me up. Mm. So that actually answered why I covered my writing. Don't want anyone to read it.
1: Interesting. So
0: yes, it fixed the, those three things. Like this, really.
1: How many people have you regressed over the years?
0: Thousands thousands initially when I first started I just well I couldn't get enough of it and oddly enough or serendipitously enough people were showing up left right and center to be regressed so from the very start I've taken notes of every single case I was told to do that intuitively I was told to keep the case studies and that I was to write about it and to bring it into mainstream. So that's what I've been doing for these last years is collating the cases, writing about it in whoever will listen and uh, in publications and online. And... um, yeah, it's, it's all gone from there. So yes, thousands of people. And of course, after I trained with Brian Weiss, I came back and started to develop a training course to train people. So not only do I regress them in training, and they, of course they regress each other, I then have their case studies where they regress their clients. So it's a big web of people who go into past lives.
1: So what did you do over at the Arthur Finley College?
0: Okay, Arthur Finley College is different. Um, It's mediumship oriented. So it's more uh, where, well, in this case, me, the the passed over people will come into my awareness and then I can pass on information to uh, another person or the person who belongs to this spirit. So, um, and that it's an extraordinary place in just outside of London in Bishop Stortford, Stansted Hall, it's called most amazing place. the The one thing that I discovered there was that it's very. All of this is very mainstream, actually, and a lot of people use, I guess, rituals and rules and things around it. But really, it's it's just it's an everyday thing. It's just an extension of energy, really. So, but the mediumship is a really beautiful thing for people to to a- appease their grief or just to feel okay that their person on the other side is is okay and doing doing fine. So, it's a beautiful thing. But a combination of the mediumship and the past lives, I found within developing a modality I guess we'll call it or a process is that people can easily contact their own past over person it's so powerful so we talked of NDEs a little while ago also going using this same method as to take people into past lives they go beyond I call it home actually in between phase afterlife but even beyond that is home and in that space people receive this information that's much like what you hear excuse me from nde experiences and it's it's pure information when that happens for that individual it's not told by a therapist or anyone it comes directly through them to them so most amazing
1: I'm glad you brought up NDEs because I was going to ask Have you ever regressed someone who's had an NDE and they don't feel like they remember enough of it and they want to learn more?
0: Yes, I have actually. And they, it's the same, it's along the same line as if people have a little bit of information about a past life and they want more. We facilitate to go and get more information. But yes, with the NDDs, NDEs absolutely we can take them back in touch with their truly they're in touch with their own soul no matter how it appears Um, and they can get more information or more clarity if that's what they're searching for or to as you say remember more clearly what what happened when they had their NDE.
1: When you're regressing somebody, are you mostly seeing their lives or are you also seeing the moment of their deaths and then what they do after they die?
0: With the past life regression, actually with all of this, they are seeing, they are seeing it, not so much me. So I'm basically, obviously I'm there with them and I'm prompting for questions and directing, but they see it themselves. So they are very, if not the most important part of a past life regression is the death scene. So we find out, we always go to there to find out how they died. It's often from a therapeutic perspective, it's where we maybe get leftover physical symptoms now, any symptom really, physical, emotional or psychological, but particularly the physical symptoms seem to be associated with how they died before. and So we always go there and also because they die and then their spirit's free and it's back, back to soul energy, we can talk to them in that or they can talk to themselves in that capacity. So, yes, we can see everything, or they can see everything. And and also, beyond the past lives, you can facilitate to take them straight in between as well, sort of what happens directly after they die, um, or to meet a loved one.
1: I've interviewed somewhere between four and 500 near-death experiencers, and not any of them are exactly the same there are some similarities and patterns, but you are taking people beyond the NDE all the way into death. So once they go there, are you seeing any patterns?
0: If I could dumb it down, there are patterns, and it's not as complex, I think, as we try to perceive it as. And I think the reason that NDEs are not the same for any person and it's likewise when people uh, go beyond death in a in a recall session I call them uh it's because I think it's because as an individual we are humans here now we're people so it comes through that person how they need to perceive it best now As whoever they are and I think that's why they're just slightly different but the the patterns are certainly the same and probably the overriding most common thing is it's peaceful it's almost impossible to articulate in human terms the feelings the what you see sometimes you see nothing but it feels the most extraordinary peace and acceptance and beautiful feeling so That is something that's across the board that everybody senses. And, you know, they'll say, we're all one. And I used to think before I knew any of this, like, what does that mean? But it's this feeling that you really, you can't, we don't feel it as people. So in that NDE state, or in a facilitated recall state, we can feel it again. And it's, I think what it does is it assures us that there's a, bigger plan to our life and we can then come back and navigate anything I suppose harsh that's going on for us trauma turmoil then it's it makes more sense as to why we're going through it and we understand that there's a purpose to it
1: Well, the subtitle of your book is "The Purpose in Life and Why You Are Here." So, during these regressions, are you seeing people sign up for soul contracts and making a decision on what they're supposed to be doing when they come back?
0: Yes. However, that wasn't that area is not a place where I entirely focused on, though. Through this, and whether they go even beyond that, planning to incarnate stage. I absolutely discovered that uh, that our lives are planned before we're born. And yes, we, we agree to it. We we know before. Of course, we mostly forget when we're born, but we know what we're going to do. And this is why I wrote that book to show that everything that's happening in our lives does have a purpose. And there's, there's greater meaning to it. And it can be very simple things in my story i wrote about uh my parents and i in the scheme of things i have a very good relationship with my parents which of course not everybody does but there's purpose to all of it and also um i talk about i talk about love at first sight mainly because it did happen to me and i was told that it was an important thing to express to people because i think morals and a lot of things that we learned through through religious indoctrination, which and culture, cultural indoctrination, which are all human things, then people feel uh like they are not allowed to do things, but they're doing them because it's it's part of their experience of life. But it's not easy to be open about it. So I wrote about things in there that in that book to just showcase what the greater meaning is behind it. And it's simple, really. It's really simple. Do you know how simple it is, Jeff? It's to experience emotion. And every sort of circumstance that we have and every awful or good thing that we can think of is to invoke an emotional experience for us and for those who are affected by it.
1: So are you saying the reason we come here is to experience emotions?
0: Yes. Yes. That and... The se- the senses that our body facilitates, so we get sight, taste, our hearing, and f- feel it physical touch that that sensation, and but the biggest one is emotion, which of course we can't see, but we feel it. So yes, it's all about those experiencing those senses.
1: In your book, you write about a soul life map. What is yes. that?
0: So the soul life map is, it's the outline of our life. So because it was planned before we come, before we're born, we can go backwards and see what was our life, what is our life about. We can do it for anybody. It's pretty much based around numerology actually. So numbers being the language of the universe or it's a way that we can understand our lives if we know the meaning behind it. So I wrote um, I wrote a system called Life Map to try and bring numerology into a, a kind of a, a shortened down version of what one's life looks like so we can tell what their mission is and what the... The big challenge will be and what the big outcome will be from that which is a positive thing and we all meet it so our circumstances might be different for how we reach it but um if we're I'm a five for example so anyone who's doing life mission five is here to communicate and they're they're going to be somehow relating with or working with people and a seven which I know you are, Mm. is called in my system, we called you the teacher, because a number seven person is they're not your school teacher, they have to learn through experience. So very open, it's bridging logic and intuition, really bridging those two things. So very, very open to exploring everything, but you must do these things yourself. And then very happy to come back and tell everyone what happened from it and then there's other people on different missions who they do not want to do it for themselves whether they're fearful or however it is for them but they will listen they listen to the teacher what what was shared with them and they're like oh I won't do that or helps them understand why certain things happen so yes we've all got our role and we're here influencing people in our very close network or beyond.
1: Do you feel that everybody should have past life regression?
0: I don't know that it's on everybody's mission to experience it, but if they did, it makes life so much simpler. I I think the one big thing that it always does is it erases the fear of death, which I think underlying everything that we do as humans is this subconscious fear of death for example we're taking our vitamins because we want to live longer or the simple things that we're doing in life is to ideally live longer but really when we when we feel like or we understand that it's actually death is just a part of our cycle of life then we can be more peace with it and then instead of doing things that kind of wasting energy on when we do die it's like get living make the most of these senses that we have and do things to use them rather than focusing on when we are going because really we are all going no one's getting out of here alive as some people say so yes I think if if people would have regression they would realize that um They've been before, they'll be again and and also Jeff, one thing I noticed in the regression a lot of a lot of people do regression now and there's a lot written about it. but there's also this kind of uh I, I'd say it's a given that people think you come to learn lessons, but something that I've discovered from all of this even going beyond the past lives is that I feel like it's more for an experience than for a lesson. We're learning and growing for sure as the person that we are. But I think about across the board, each time we come to earth, we're coming for an experience.
1: Do you think it could be dangerous to have a past life regression or at least it could have a negative outcome?
0: I want to dive straight in and say no, but I think that I if people maybe see where they haven't been A positive person in a past life, and we've been all sorts of personalities and people and in different roles, and we'll have all done some bad things as well. But I think sometimes if people see that, see a negative themselves as not a positive person, then I think they can get fearful. And then actually, the last thing we ever want is for people to come back from a past life feeling worse. So when we do the regression process, we always absolutely always find out why why were you that person there's always a purpose and it makes sense it will make sense to them and it makes sense to them now in their life now so I suppose can I just say if anyone has had a regression and they feel like it didn't make them feel better uh you must meditate again and find out what was the purpose of that life also our soul shows us which life or lives we need to see now to help us understand something for now to make now better so um, that's across the board I see it always as positive and certainly if it's facilitated then they will always come out feeling lighter having said that people can come and have it facilitated. But there are people who can meditate through a guided visualization and get their past past lives prolifically. Others do better with a facilitator. So it's really just about how the individual person responds to
1: it. While regressing people, have you ever learned anything from some person's particular regression that completely changed your own paradigm of thinking?
0: Yes. One thing's coming into my mind. To to be honest, I don't remember a lot because I've done so many. But the basis behind what people, what happens in their past lives or the circumstances that they experience that we as an individual might perceive as traumatic What I discovered was, I'll I'll give you a scenario, I'll tell you what happened actually and tell you what I discovered because it's profound but it's simple but it almost what it does is it broadens your mind from not judging from a moral perspective. So what I discovered was it happens each time when people, they can be male or female now, but they recall lives where they were, let's say, a, a prostitute um, and that's that's their role. So what I discovered was each time that I've had this happen is it wasn't a moral dilemma whatsoever. What, what happened was the particular case that I'm thinking of, and it happened many times, is the woman was feeling very free in what she was doing in her role, maybe being herself, I suppose. And then they would meet someone and become oppressed by this person that they've partnered with. So while from a judging perspective or a moral perspective, you might assume that they would feel terrible because they had to do that, but it wasn't like that it was a freedom for them, whether it paid their way or it provided security for them. And there was that aspect, but then they would get a partner and not be able to do it anymore and maybe, uh, maybe be oppressed and become someone's possession, I suppose. That was one thing. Of course, there'll be all different scenarios around that as well or around that, that work, but this is what I found a lot of the time uh, where I think people would assume it, it would be a terrible thing to do, but it wasn't for them.
1: You write about self-awareness is the ultimate activism. What do you mean by that?
0: <laughs> um that's my favorite thing because when when you go through every possible scenario or circumstance and you hear it all in the past lives you realize that the only real person that we can uh affect for real effective change is ourself and when we start to accept self-awareness is for who we are now the past lives help us understand that uh but when we realize our capacity our challenges we then realize that it's set and that other people are set maybe not in the same way as us and we become more accepting of them and it kind of makes you like back off and stop putting our our values is one thing but yes our values and our ways onto other people because they're all just living out their life in their way but I think with self-awareness specifically it stops us from insisting that there's one right way for everybody whether that's about what do we do activism about anything saving the children saving the animals saving the environment it's like there's so much everyone's on their own journey and if we look kind of get a bit self-aware first we can stop forcing anything really on anyone else start to be a bit more accepting and just calm about life really
1: i was checking out your youtube channel and you have a video about the unpopular truths about the purpose of life Can you share some examples with us?
0: I think probably the biggest one is I think when people start to look for their purpose, they think it's a big, grand um, thing as opposed to that it's actually every day and every moment. That's the purpose of our life. Everything we do, everything that we say we experience and mostly what we feel, it's all the purpose of our life. So, and I I feel like people also feel like destiny is an outcome, but it is also every, every moment of every day. And uh, so I think those things can be disappointing for people, but hopefully they're a relief to know that oh, there's not this pressure to find your purpose. But if I would say what is a purpose, it's to find what feels good to you because what you're naturally akin to and what's easy for you, it makes sense to follow something that works within that realm for you. So then your purpose feels at ease with whatever you're doing in this life as far as a career or things that make you feel good. Oh. Uh, I can't remember what else I put in those unpopular Uh, truths and they're escaping me now. You
1: know, I didn't watch the video. I was just kind of looking at some of your titles to kind of (laughs) get some ideas, things to talk about.
0: I think also with those unpopular truths is, oh, another big thing is people get so devastated when life gets tough and it will for every single one of us, that we will be challenged in our lives that hurts our feelings. Maybe actually we'll all go through a deep grief at some stage. I, I truly feel like it's the gateway to wisdom. But I think when people end up in relationships and it causes them trouble or heartbreak or devastation or they feel oppressed, whatever it is for them, they feel like they went off path or i ended up in the wrong relationship but we never do we are we are in every relationship and every interaction to uh just to experience really emotion and ultimately we end up coming into the fact that everything is for us to learn about ourselves a little bit more so even if i think about relationships is something that people truly feel victims of and feel like someone did that to me but actually ultimately it's because we might be supporting them but it's because it'll be part of us that needed to be challenged whether we needed to be more assertive or more courageous or something within us is what we're learning about in them and i think um that's a disappointment sometimes with people. It's like, whoa, how can that be that these terrible things happen or they've experienced terrible loss or terrible hardship or abuse even? But there's always a reason for it. And I think that's another really harsh truth for people. So you often hear people say, I'm off path. It's like you're never off path. Never. And even the more probably that you feel you're off path, the more you're in a learning phase, but to learn about yourself.
1: Before they get regressed, are they expecting to see themselves as somebody famous in the previous life and when they find out they're not, they're disappointed?
0: Almost nobody is famous. I haven't had a whole lot of people come recalling uh, or coming to explore the fact that they thought they were it's very possible though that they were around in that time and of course there's a ratio of people who are celebrity or have done something extraordinary but in the in the ratio of people who come for past life regression it's tiny the people who will be of note or have been a celebrity so most of the lives that we lead are much like our lives now is They're really quite ordinary. But one thing that's across the board, whether they were, uh, you know, let's say in court in the medieval times or something of note or very ordinary, everything comes back to the way that they felt. So it's never about the fact that they reached a certain status. It will be the oppression potentially that they felt of having to live up to this or being born into this role that they had no say in it's always about the emotions surrounding it or you know we I couldn't be with that person that I actually love because we had to follow the rules and marry someone that that made sense for some reason so these are the things that traumatize people in life loss of a loved one loss of love uh having children relationships, and of course, death, the same things that affect us now, or are significant for us now, was through all the past lives as well.
1: You talk about Gen Z as being different. What do you mean by that?
0: Gen Z, my favorite. This also is something I discovered from all of this work. When the century changed, this comes back to numerology a little bit, but when we change from the 19s, so we are born in, I'm born in 1971, for example, right up to 1999, we had a one and a nine in our birth date, which addresses a certain part of our character and our capacity as an individual. So the one energy is about Our ability to act and do things, practical things in life, and the nine is a mind. It's mind energy. So it's very basically put. It's where our ideas come from. And two energy, which every single person born from two thousand on has a two in their birth date. Some of them don't have a one or a nine, but they all have a two across humanity, across the world. So what that two energy about is first of all, it's about intuition. And it's about that part of us that's soft and kind and defaults to being able to be more sensitive to others. And it gives a bit of a natural insight into why people do what they do. There's just this, it's it's intuition, actually. So it gives this big, a bit more of a connection to other people. So Gen Z and beyond, they All have that element of softness in them. And some of them that were born in, let's say, 2022, they have three twos. So there's this amplification of this two energy. So what we see really is people, people who default to their intuition and don't get too distracted by logic, which nine essentially gives us logic and um, there are other numbers for that as well but that's the difference they're basically going to default more to their feelings and that's why you see a bit of uproar about they um they won't do anything that doesn't make sense to them so we we were taught if we do this because you know, we're supposed to work hard, you're supposed to have respect, you're supposed to do this, have respect for our elders, whatever it is. But these young ones default straight down to their intuition. And they're like, that doesn't make sense. And no, I'm not going to do it. it doesn't feel right. So um, it doesn't, it's not about being less smart, they're extraordinarily smart, but they will also figure things out in a more patterned way than with out of process which people with the mind numbers work through a process to get to answers. They're extraordinary. And Jeff, you know what? They'll change the world. So as the world evolves or humanity evolves, they are the first that come in to get us as humans back to a bit more connection, human connection. So um, that's a very broad broad way to look at what's happening but that's what they are here to do and those kids are now in their early 20s and so in no time they start to come into positions of I'm going to call the positions of power but perhaps I should say influence so they will they'll become our school teachers and people of this this feeling st- way of looking at life they also they'll become our politicians and they'll become you know the heads of our business our corporate world our religions everything so it's going to change the way that we do things the way that we teach our children the way that we parent and that's basically what's going to evolve from them being different
1: If you think it's possible that we can recall our past lives without being regressed, can you give us some tips on how to do that?
0: Yes, I can. Uh, The first thing to do is ideally give up control it's not a frightening experience and even if you see something that it could be a little bit challenging to see there's somehow there's this detachment there where you can just look at it in your mind of course but you can look at it or feel it and um my my advice would be to always ask why in your mind why have you shown me that or what do I need to understand about it? You can just think it in your mind and then you will be given an answer for why and it will make sense because it's coming direct from your soul. Um, there's other things that you can do to follow a process to explore your past lives yourselves. It's it's really simple. your soul's in charge, so absolutely anyone can do it. Um, I do have a guided and tips actually for free on YouTube. So please go and listen to it and and you'll understand how easy it is. But the big thing is give up control to the relaxation. Trust that your soul knows what you need to see or experience from recalling a past life and you'll get exactly what you need. And it's always to make now better.
1: One of the techniques of... Hypnotherapy or regression therapy, I've heard of as QHHT.
0: Oh, yes. What you? Dolores Cannon.
1: Right. Is there a name for what you do?
0: Yeah. So Dolores called hers QHHT. I call mine recall therapy. <sighs> so, uh because what happened, it started off as past lives, but then it was people might come to address something that's going on for them in current life, but if the key issue that's going to help them now is in this life, then they'll go to something in childhood. But beyond that, if they need to recall something from the plan before they were born, they'll go in between lives into that reincarnation area, the afterlife, or they'll go beyond where I call it home, soul life. So soul life recall, I call it, they'll go, your soul will take you to recall from wherever you need to, to help you now.
1: As far as we know, right now we have the most people on the planet ever, which is around 8 billion. Have yeah. you ever s- sat around and thought, why is there more people now than there has been?
0: Yes. So um, when I say this, I've had my own experiences. I, that would be akin to near-death experience where you go beyond and you're talking with energy, which is more or less um relaying back insight and part of the plan to you so with all of the people that are here now it can be that the soul let's say for argument's sake i'm tony now but my soul energy could be elsewhere as well so maybe it's incarnated in various other places around the planet as well So that's what i discovered is possible and it most likely answers why there are so many people here now or humans alive now the, the soul energies it's it's omnipotent it's omnipresent it's it's everywhere and it's not limited to it's just not limited
1: do you believe that we have a higher self on the other side
0: yeah i feel like the higher self is Our soul energy or that part of us that's been in any other life, uh, yeah, well, incarnated in any other life or beyond. So, yes, that's absolutely who or what that energy is. And it might appear to us as a human-like figure. People call it their guide energy or however they refer to it. But, yeah, I feel like that's what the higher self is. It's our soul.
1: Some people think that we are forced to reincarnate, and you know, they feel like being here is like being trapped. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I, my, from what I discovered, it's not a trap. We're part of this experiment of humanity, we're all part of it. And when we're not in this body, that force or even entrapment, all of these things are human concepts and they just don't exist when we're not in the body. So um, that's that's all that I know from the experience. So we're not forced to do anything. It's a it's a an agreement, I suppose. Even an agreement's human, but yes, we know we're coming back and we know what we're going to do, or our soul knows for sure.
1: During your regressions, have you ever seen any evidence that what we're living in here is like a hologram or a simulation?
0: Not specifically, but when people go beyond, when they go in past lives, it's very life. So they're recalling literal. When they've been John Smith in, as a caveman, he wouldn't have been had a name then, but when they've been in a life, so it's very human. But when people go beyond or to the soul life arena or home that I call it, that's when that kind of information is felt or they experience that that information is given to them. Not everyone, but for some people, they they will get that kind of uh, information. So it's possible.
1: Has anyone ever reported during their regression that they saw entities or aliens or anything like that?
0: Yeah. So um, the alien realms are not – they're not really something that I got very involved in. But can I tell you, there's been times when I've trained people to do uh, recall. And I'll end up with a class full of people who are so involved. Some of them only discover it for the first time. But, yes, they go to other places, not Earth. It happens. It totally happens. Earth is not the only place that we incarnate. And, um, yeah, you, you can actually even facilitate that they would go. Do you know people talk about feeling abducted or knowing they have been? You can even... Mm-hmm revisit those in in this facilitation process. So definitely there's alien like or other places. If I could say one thing in my experience, it's never to cause harm to us. There it's a very positive they're positive energies. It's positive uh place to incarnate. I think earth is the hard one. Earth is the harsh one. And I think there's other places like I'm going to say Atlantis because a lot of people may remember that. Uh, so yeah, there's other places, even like those existences that people do go to as well or recall. And it's it's very cool to see when it happens that they're completely not expecting it. And it's like, whoa, but you you can't unsee it or unfeel it when when they recall it. So and I suppose what at least happens is they're then tolerant of something that they may have been quite judgmental about or dismissive of.
1: Why do some people sometimes doubt what they were seeing during their regression?
0: I think because the logic kicks in and they might say something to you like, oh, I've got a very active imagination. But the thing with the past life is it will, to an extent, it will check out with, even when we move them within the lifetime from young to old, or we start old and we move back, it it correlates time-wise within that life. Um, But yeah, I think, a lot of people come back from and from it and say, Did I make that up? A lot of people do. And the assurance is you can't make up the feelings. When they go in there and when you recall your past lives, the feeling is there. So whether you felt, you know, amazing or not, you can feel it. So, and that's something that even if they like to think that they maybe they imagined what they saw um the feeling overrides all that so i think um yeah and of course some people can verify what they what they saw as well
1: do you see any patterns with certain phobias for example if someone has you know claustrophobia and that usually shows up in this type of an event in their yeah. life
0: yeah, so with claustrophobia, for example, um, many things may have caused it, but it can be something that we're not expecting to find, and it might be that they've taken cover, let's say under uh, a, a shelter in the in the. I'm saying bush because it's Australian, but it's not been in Australia. Maybe in um, in the out on the land somewhere, taking cover on the rocks, and then there's a snowstorm or something and it encompasses them in there, and they they suffocate. Mm -hmm. So there can be all sorts of variations of natural things that happen that can cause people to feel claustrophobic now. Of course, there can be uh, abuse as well, but very often it's not from an abusive uh, situation where they, you know, maybe were locked up. That does happen sometimes, but most of the time it will be something much more everyday that's happened um, than something sinister.
1: I had a regression therapist on a long time ago, and he said that a lot of people have a fear of the water or drowning because in the 1700s they fell off a ship and drowned.
0: I too have seen that. I've experienced that myself, actually. Um Drowning was very peaceful, but um, yeah, it can be, it can be that. And there's patterns also with something that a lot of people have is anxiety, which could be to do with claustrophobia actually. But if it doesn't make sense to them, but they feel it, we find um, sometimes they've been gassed, which essentially is asphyxiation. Mm. and um, I've seen a, f- a few patterns of, of that experience. quite That's a quite recent one because it was only in the, the 40s. But, um, yeah, some people suffer from asthma, for example, as well, and they'll find that they have somehow died from asphyxiation, mm-hmm. being gassed, or, or many other also ways that we can um, die from not being able to breathe.
1: You know, it's yeah. interesting because so many people now suffer from anxiety. They do. Do you think that there are other causes besides that?
0: I I truly believe that because I think that, that human, humanitarian, the energy has made us more aware that our existence isn't just as people there is more to us. We have a soul. And I think when you can sense that energy, then it can feel like it's anxiety. Plus, it makes us more sensitive to other people. So it can be that if if there's people around feeling anxious or worried, then you can sense that as well. So it's kind of it's so important for people to understand their own sensitivity so that they can find out. Is it theirs, or is it a wider energy that they're picking up on? Could be their mum. Mum's not happy today, or you know, some of their friends just had a bit of a an experience that makes them feel it, or it can be their own sensitivity. So um, yeah, it's certainly something that can be understood. And therefore, I guess, managed to an extent, or maybe more than managed, embraced. It's very powerful if you can uh, work with it instead of fighting it or thinking that there's something wrong with you. It's like, ooh, then it's the most powerful, beautiful attribute to have.
1: Tony, I mentioned in the beginning that your book is called Awake. Where can people find it?
0: It's on Amazon. That's the easiest place to get it on Amazon in any country that you're in. Awake, yes.
1: After watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Where should they do that?
0: I have a website, TonyRileyInstitute.com. And I recently started a TikTok and it's doing very well. Great. So there's a lot of videos and information I put on there. It's under Soul Life zone.
1: Do you have anything that you're working on that you want us to know about?
0: First thing is I teach people to I call them soul life coaches but basically to be the most beautiful therapist or coach for these new young very sensitive generations. But also I'm working to get my programs into our social systems such as prisons and schools to change the way that we teach and work with people, even in psychology. Uh, I think a lot of before it was more about mind, uh, working with the mind and changing our mindset, but it's different now. We need to be working with the emotions and find out what the core is. So, yes, I'm continually working on those things. So training coaches to help me go out and and uh, either teach or help people by personally doing therapy with them or coaching them.
1: Before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message?
0: My favorite thing to tell you is please learn about yourself. Start with maybe a numerology and find your positive traits and realize that everything about you is a good thing. And even the things that you might think are a flaw, they're not. You can. There's good that comes with every aspect of you. So get to like yourself. Self-awareness makes everything easier.
1: That's a great message. Tony, thank you for joining me today and have a great rest of your day over there in Australia.
0: Thanks, Jeff.
1: Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara Podcast.